You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Love is a strong word, but I'm sure you're going to like it a whole lot. I'm Chris DeLambert, Robert Bricky, and the new guy, <laughs> Gary Bush, is in the house. What's up, guys? How you doing today? I'm good. good I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, um, so I came in. I had notes. I had preparation. I had done my homework. I was good. And the NFL trade deadline came and blew all that mess up. Because <laughs> I'm freaking out over some of these deals. Man. Right. I'm, I'm really – I'm. first of all, let me start with the fact Golden Tate's going to the Eagles. Power and the rich play. just keep getting richer. Good get. It is a good get. And I'm trying to figure out the Patriots don't normally not get their guy. And I thought Golden Tate to New England was as good as done. Philly kind of swoops out of nowhere and picks Golden Tate up for next to nothing. In the meantime, Detroit going and, and restructures Marvin Jones' deal. Uh, but Detroit, I, first of all, my question is, is Detroit just cashing out? They done for this season? Sounds like it. They sound like the Raiders. Oof. Well, they, oof. They, I think they can push the chips in and say, listen, we are not going to get there this year, nor any time in the near future. We need to start the rebuild. Fair enough. Yeah, and I agree as well. Um, I would say with Baby Megatron, as they call him. Babytron. <laughs> Babytron, that, that's pretty much uh, where they're focusing their energy at. And when you look at Marvin Jones Jr., uh, that is Golden Tate. Yeah, that's the thing. They, I was a little surprised when they signed Marvin Jones because they already had Golden Tate, and that's kind of the same guy. You're just a guy that can stretch the field, but really is going to do their damage underneath. Those two guys now, I think there's enough football for them to both get their touches. Galladay has kind of come out of nowhere. He's and in for those of you who haven't watched much Detroit football, which is understandable because Detroit kind of sucks. Um, Kenny Galladay is a good ball player. Yeah, absolutely. These past three weeks, his production went down, but now that Golden Tate's gone to the Eagles, it's definitely going to rise. Um, but just to piggyback on you with the Patriots, I don't think their target was Golden Tate. I think it was Demarius Thomas. You know, Demarius Thomas would have made a lot of sense if they had not gone and got Josh Gordon. A big guy that can get down the field, you know, Demarius Thomas is not who he used to be. I was surprised, too, that when Golden Tate went to Philly, Demarius Thomas was the next chip to fall, but he ended up in Houston. And Houston, hey, they're looking at it. They're like, we're on this hot streak. Deshaun Watson is healthy. We're all in because we play in the worst division in football. Um, I like Demarius Thomas to the Texans. Will Fuller's out indefinitely, it looks like. I keep seeing the O by the injury report. We'll see how he comes back. QT, who has got one of the best names in football, probably not the answer is a good number, too. Um, Lamar Miller seems resurgent, and now all of a sudden Houston's got an offense to go with this notionally good defense that it always looks better on paper than it does in practice, it seems. Um, I like Houston. I like Houston a lot, and I think this makes them a lot better. Apparently, you guys don't have any thoughts on that. No. We, you know what I like? I like the fact that teams realize their window is small. 
The window to win is small. So they're going for it. Look at uh, the Rams. Two they picks. add another player. The Rams are playing a different sport than yeah, everybody else. They're right like now. Golden State, the Warriors of the NFL right now. Well, they, they keep they are. adding talent. And, and Dante Fowler, th- this doesn't make any sense to me from a Jacksonville standpoint. This guy's a good ball player. Now you talk about rebuilding. Maybe Jacksonville is the one that really started the forest fire and say, you know what, we got a lot of injuries. It's about time to make some maneuvers. Let they me, feel like their defense is solid enough already. Okay, but let me tell you why they can't rebuild. I give you 18 million reasons why they can't <laughs> rebuild. They got Blake Bortles, and they are into him indefinitely. And nothing they do is going to mitigate that. So maybe this move was to free up cap space, but the timing doesn't make any sense at all. And it's indicative of why teams, and I'm not going to give the Rams too much love because the Rams have been horrible for a very long time. Right Right now, they're getting it done. Right. New England is always going to make the right personnel moves. There are some teams that get it, and there are some teams that don't. Let me explain to you why this move from Jacksonville makes no sense at all. Fowler is a free agent at the end of the year. He's playing out his rookie deal right now. It's a dead set certainty he was going to sign a big free agent deal someplace else. What's that mean for Jacksonville? Compensatory pick. They were probably guaranteed a four and possibly a three for Fowler. Fowler would have been one of the best pass rushers in this free agent class. They were in line to get a pick anyway. And instead, they give this guy away for a third and a fifth which is marginally more than they would have expected to get with the compensatory pick, but now they lose the production the rest of the way. Come on, man. Jacksonville's not out of the hunt in that horrible division, but you've just shot yourself in the foot to free up cap space for this year? Ain't nobody left to go sign this year. I've got the answer for Jacksonville. Go ahead, please. What was the chick's name that hit uh, Nancy Kerrigan in the knee? Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. You need to hire her. To take out Blake Bortles. Yes. <laughs> yes. Take him out. He gets injury reserve check. You go get your quarterback. I mean, the, money still, the, money still, the money still counts. That's the NFL, man. That's oh, the cap. Ca- even if he's yes, out. Sir, yeah. the cap, oh. That money, that money, that that bonus money that he got, right. that has to be prorated. It's stuck. Wow. They're stuck with him. They're married to this dude. Oh, yeah, There's not very many contracts in the NFL that won't hamstring you, but the guaranteed front side money, it has to be prorated. you got to pay the bill eventually for that. Oh, now, yeah. a lot of NFL contracts, when you look at them, they're like, you know, this is for $65 million, and you look at it, no, it's not. It's really for about twenty-five. It just depends on where it's at. The backside of a lot of these contracts, the guys are never going to—they're never going to collect. But guaranteed money, I'd have to look it up to see exactly how much guaranteed coin Bortles got. If it was a dollar, it was more than he deserved. How could they re-sign him in the midst of a bad year? (laughs) Like he's their guy. They have no choice. And here's why. Exactly. He was coming off of his fourth year. He had his fifth year rookie option in place. Right. The rookie fifth-year option for him was probably $25 million, $24 million. It It's better a lot off signing being the first, new deal. Pick, first pick in the draft. That money on the fifth-year rookie option is only guaranteed for injury. So they could have released him after they had decided to exercise that fifth-year option, but he failed his physical at the end of the year. Hmm. So coming into this year, had they released him, they had to pay him, and they said, well... We don't want to pay him to not play. 
we'll go ahead and work this extension and pay him like a franchise quarterback. It's cheaper to keeper. I tell you what. Well, but now, and I mean, yeah, even the game this weekend, in the process. even the game this weekend in London, they still had a chance to win that ball game at the end of the game. And Bortles threw two inexplicably bad passes at the end of the ball game and lost the well, thing. Well, see, that's the problem. They've had to win in spite oh, absolutely. of their quarterback. And I know you think about the tensions in the locker room. Oh, the defense, the offense. Everybody's pissed like this guy is killing us. So pissed that they go out to bars in London on the night before a game and <laughs> run up $64,000 in charges, then try to walk out. Let me ask you We've something. All done Ain't nobody up in here poor. Right. If me and three of my buddies go out and we spend $640 at a bar, probably not going to go well with mama. Right. And it's going to be something I think about. Not going, we're not going to miss any meals over that. Right. Now, if me and three of my boys, let's say the three of us plus Tim, go out and we run up a $6,400 tab, that's going to be one you're talking about for the next 10 years. Yeah, right. there was this time we went out there and we yeah. spent $6,400. Probably still not going to crush. This just tells you the world that pro athletes live in. These four cats went out and ran up a $64,000 bill. Allegedly. The night before a game. <laughs> okay, let me ask you one question. Sure. What do you order for 64K? I, I don't even I know. I mean, there's got to be a happy ending involved. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. And I don't know how happy an ending I could get for $64,000. Because the numbers aren't adding up. They said it was about what? Seven athletes, five people on the staff, and the bottle was ranging about four hundred dollars a bottle. So where is that sixty four thousand dollars coming from? I don't know. That's man. a lot of liquor for guys who have a game so in the morning. If everybody had a bottle. Everybody had a few You're bottles. Still only talking four hundred, five hundred bucks. Exactly. Now here's the thing. I have K? been I have been in K. bars in Europe and seen thousand dollar bottles of champagne sent to tables. Now, normally, when I was at a table and a $1,000 bottle of champagne came from the staff to the table, that mess went right back where it came from. Right. Because I'm not just going to take it and wonder, was this comped? Now, what's up with that? Oh, no, it's only $1,000 a bottle. You're, you're good. Well, go on, take that bag with you. That's yeah. what happens when these guys don't travel international. They just didn't know, I think. And uh, based on a lot of the articles, they were saying that was what the issue was. In so, the United States, but, comp but, bottles wait. because we're athletes. Right. In London, who knows you? Okay, but see, you've got to get used to what we do here. You're trying to absolve somebody of blame. <laughs> we don't do that. And the facts are immaturial. $64,000. sure somebody presented a bill at the end of the evening. It was and 13 hours before the ball game. Who's going to swipe the card? Because their wives and girlfriends is going to be like, um, dude, really? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if 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 the four of us go out and my intent is for us to run up a $6,400 bill, and I'm good with that, I still got to answer for that at some point. Yeah. And Absolutely. she'd be like, you were $6,400? Really? Huh? Hmm. Well, that just means you might have to make some purchases for her immediately following your evening. While you were in London. I wish my wife were that financially irresponsible and were like, well, you spent $6,400 at the club. You just need to spend another sixty-four on me because it would not go down that way. <laughs> She'd be like, I need to talk to Bricky now. You need to quit not on the phone. He needs to come see me. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, $64,000 at a bar. I've got some epic stories to tell about bars, bars even in Europe, but right. none of them involve a $64,000 bill. Right. That's no. And just to piggyback on this Fowler situation, sure. um, I look at it like this. Like you said, right now the Jags, they're still in the hunt, but with a hot Houston, they have no run game. And Dante Moncrief is their number one wide receiver. Right. Give me a break. So getting rid of Dante Fowler when they were going to lose him anyway and get a third and fifth round guaranteed. And now if you look at L.A., if you're the GM, everything's on the line right now. You're the hottest team in football. You're in L.A. They can't house two teams that does not meet expectations. Well, here's the thing with, with the Rams is that we're eight weeks into the season. We're already like, oh, they like Golden State. We forget Golden State is in year four of this dynasty. Yeah. And we're like, oh, the Rams, we've already written them off. We're trying to figure out who's second best in the league. We've already anointed these guys champs. They're going to run the table and win a Super Bowl. Slowly roll a little bit. Absolutely. Because while you're bull jiving, Green Bay had them beat this week. And bye-bye, Ty Montgomery. (laughs) Now, the difference between – and I'm not going to put too much glory on Green Bay because they never have been able to find a running back. But good franchises – Figure out how to get real value for people. I'm going to tell you what. Ty Montgomery, the chances of him suiting up this weekend for Green Bay after what went down last weekend were next to zero. The fact that they got a seventh-round pick for him, bonus. Oh, absolutely. For anybody that is not aware, Green Bay pushed the Rams to the limit, were receiving the kickoff with just under two minutes left with the best quarterback on the planet, Having oh. a chance to walk him down the field. Mm. Oh, really? Mm. You want to do that? Okay. I'm a Steelers fan, so oh. I have a lot of beef with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you're allowed to have beef. You're allowed to be all right, yeah. allowed to be wrong too. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers had an opportunity with a home crowd in LA. I ain't never seen anything like that. To go down the field and knock the Rams from the ranks of the unbeaten. Ty Montgomery apparently was given specific instructions. By the coaching staff, Mike McCarthy said, fair catch in the end zone. This dude decides to run the ball out, doesn't get anywhere near the 25, and fumbles, turns it over, Rams win. Keep that undefeated string intact. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We started this thing out at a sprint, talking about NFL transactions. My question to you gentlemen, who are you surprised is in the same place they started the day in the NFL? Who'd you expect to move that has not? Minnesota. Did you expect them to make a move? What? What were they going to add? Oh I, oh, I thought you meant make a move from where they were last year. No, I'm talking about what player. 
Who didn't get traded that oh, you thought would? I, my, my mistake. I did not clearly communicate my thought. I thought Deshaun Jackson was out of there. Did you really? I thought he was out of there in this whole Fitz Magic thing. Um, I'm not really sold on it. Yet and still, I think Tampa Bay just does not have it as a unit. And keeping Deshaun Jackson does what? He's one-dimensional. He's just a deep threat. Okay, I got to First of all, I need to say something because this blew my mind when I saw the stat. Deshaun Jackson caught a 60-yard touchdown pass this weekend. 24 60-plus yard touchdowns in his career past Jerry Rice is now the all-time leader in 60-plus wow. yard touchdown catches. That's kind of amazing for a guy that's been good for a very long time mm-hmm. and maybe for the briefest of moments was considered an elite NFL player. We can remember back when he was sort of the Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do with this guy with all this speed? And it just never seemed to stick. So Deshaun Jackson has been seen as a one-trick pony for a very, very long time. But you're talking about all time. Oh, absolutely. The most 60-yard-plus touchdown catches. That's an amazing stat. You I know, like what he does, but Tampa Bay does not need that. They they need more continuity as offense. That one-hit wonder for them is not winning ball games. Well, you got to remember, Deshaun Jackson's still the second option in the passing game. Mike, Mike Evans is a man. Now... O.J. Howard hasn't quite panned out at the, at the tight end like they thought he might. He's starting to pick up steam. You'll see him get four or five targets a week. But he's not somebody you have to game plan against. The problem out there, there's no running game. Peyton Barber has not worked out. You know, they ran Doug Martin out of town. I'm a little confused. I'm going to tell you right now, as sure as I sit here today, Jameis Winston will not start another game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, barring an injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's done. I think had the trade deadline been another week, Uh he might have been gone. I don't know who wants to eat that contract. That's the only issue. Um, I am a little bit surprised, and I think Tampa Bay will move on from him next year. Uh, Whether that means dealing him is questionable. They have elected to exercise his fifth-year option. So they're in the situation that Jacksonville was last right. year, where they'd already elected, we're going, to guarantee, we're going to guarantee it. The reason I say he's not going to play again is, again, that contract for next year is only guaranteed due to injury. If they trot him out there and he stubs his toe, you're at risk of having to lock that contract right. in next year, and I don't think they want that. They may try to hold on to him and deal him. They may just let him go. I don't know what's going to happen. But Tampa Bay, watching that team, you can see a lot when you pay attention to people's body language. That Tampa Bay team against Cincinnati in the fourth quarter, completely different ball club. When Fitzpatrick came into the game, they galvanized. They were ready to go. Jameis Winston, I'm not in the locker room, but I know enough from watching the reaction of those players and the waving their hands at him and kind of showing him up when he's not making the right reads or he's throwing a bad pass. They're over this dude. Yeah. Over him. Fitzpatrick, not the long-term answer. No. He hasn't been anywhere he's been. At the end of the day, we say it all the time, you are who's on the back of your baseball card. We know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Fitzpatrick, when he's playing with house money, can come out and have some big days. Mm -hmm. But – the way that team is playing, you got to go with Fitzpatrick. And now, like I said, they have a financial stake in this because they cannot possibly want to have to guarantee that deal for Winston no. next year. You he ain't playing anymore this year. Addition by subtraction. He yep. needs to go. He's a mental midget. 
He Absolutely. Is. That's what kills him because he's got the gifts. He doesn't have it between the ears, and that's been his issue the entire his entire career, Florida State, and even in the league. And do you want to continue to deal with his off-field antics as well as the fact he's under 500 as a starting quarterback and has 72 turnovers Crazy. in the last in the last two years this this season and last he is second in the league in interceptions. Anybody want to take a guess who's ahead of him? Eli. Blake Bortles. <laughs> However, he's only one behind Bortles, and he didn't play the first, what, four games this season? Yep. Uh, yeah. That's all you need to and know. And he's right got – the thing that puts him at 72 is he's got 20-plus fumbles. It's amazing. So he's clearly not demonstrated the fact that he's worth the commitment and no. he, he's the guy, your go-to guy for the next few years. You can't build a program around a guy because he's unstable. In essentially four games this season, actually a little less because he's been on the bench a little bit of that. For about three and a half games this season, he's thrown 10 picks. In this day and age where all of the rules are tilted toward passing offenses, right. you just cannot turn the ball over like that. Um, Winston, I think he's gone. I'm not shocked that he wasn't traded. The quarterback, I thought, might take over the sports media cycle today. I thought Derek Carr might have gotten dealt today. He's the glory boy. <laughs> What's he going to do? He ain't got Gruden any weapons the out there boy. anymore. Gruden can't take another bad tagline in the Absolutely. media. So he would have been crucified had he traded Derek Carr. Did, yep. John Gruden doesn't care about crucifixion. John Gruden is unfireable. Well, he looks he has like a ten-year, one hundred million-dollar contract. He doesn't care. Well, yeah, I get it. But oh. you still have to have some continuity in your locker room. Some guys that are on your side. And if he trades Carr, he would have had a mutiny, and it'd be, he'd have been done. Could it be any worse than it already is? Yes. I mean, yes. when Khalil t- when, when Khalil Mack got dealt, do you think there was anybody? In that locker room, who was like, John's got this. He's cool. You know, he I don't even think it was that. I think it was the fact that he never talked to him. He that said didn't he help. never had a conversation with Khalil Mack, never called him, never sat down and had a meeting with him. And then you go on and say three straight weeks in your post-game press conference, you need a pass, pass rush. rush. You never even talked to the guy. I know. If you sit down and say, hey, listen, here's our plan. We don't see you being part of it. He might be pissed. But at least he's got a plan, and you can say at least the man had enough respect to sit down and talk to me. But you don't talk to the guy at all, and he has an attitude. I get it. So you lose part of the locker room with that deal, and then in the subsequent deals. Do you? I'm looking at John Gruden right now, and I was like, mm, he looks real crazy. And then I have to think about it. You know, he has this ten year deal. They're moving to Vegas. And he's going to need splash players. He has all these first-round picks. It's kind of like, how is he going to operate moving forward? So the Omari Cooper move, offensively, production-wise, they weren't utilizing him properly. So getting rid of him kind of made sense. The Khalil Mack kind of smacked him in the face because of how explosive he was with Chicago. But at this standpoint, Chicago seems pretty balanced. We really haven't been hearing Khalil Mack right now. So... John Gruden's off the hook, in my opinion. Well, to be fair, Chicago's played a brutal schedule up to this point. Chicago, I like what they're doing. They are forming a foundation, and they have put all in with Mitch Trubisky. 
Whether or not it's going to work out falls directly on Trubisky's shoulders. They've got they've got as good a running back tandem as there is in football. They need to add some more components in the passing game, but that defense is nice. They got a nice running game, and Trubisky has really turned a corner this year. Chicago is going to be interesting. Now, the question is always going to be in that division, what you going to do about the Vikings and the Packers? Because neither one of those teams is going anywhere. Rodgers has got years left on those tires, and Minnesota quietly is just a steady, solid, year-in and year-out playoff team now that Mike Zimmer's over there and got the reins. And Cousins, I didn't love the signing. I thought they pay overpaid for Cousins, or Cousins in the offseason, but Cousins is all they need. You've got a very solid squad in both of those cities. Chicago right now is looking up at them. Trying to leapfrog those guys and take over that division is going to be interesting to see if they're able to pull off. The other guy who everybody was interested to see if anything would happen today was Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> um, I would have to say that his agent is he's playing kinda, chicken. He's he, yeah, they're playing cat and mouse right now. Um, Le'Veon Bell has been coming out on the short end of the sticks thus far, but the best move so far that he's made is not showing up to the Pittsburgh Steelers before the trade deadline because. I honestly feel like if he would have showed up today, they were going to trade him. All right, here's the deal. You're hearing on sports radio all over the place that as long as he shows up before week 10, he's good to go because he has to accrue six games to get a year's service time. That is not the end of the story. Here's the problem. When he shows up from that day on, Pittsburgh has a two-week roster exemption they can impose, and Bell is not active for those two games. The question becomes whether those two games keep that service clock ticking. And the short answer is nobody knows. Hmm. We're in uncharted territory. And under this CBA with these rules, we've never seen it one way or the other. We are on a collision course with a, with a legal case. This is going to end up in the courts. And we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. 
Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now... From Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. Welcome back, y'all. Professor Trent has entered the building. Trent, what's up? What up, what up? Man, it wasn't the same without you, dude. Sorry, I was uh, getting out of the airport, just interviewed for the uh, Browns job. How'd that go? <laughs> eh, you know, I don't know. I don't really feel like that's a good fit for me. Let me tell you something. For, let, me put, let me put a bow on the Lev Bell thing. I said this, and not enough people were talking about it. The Steelers have a two-week exemption. They can slap on Lev Bell when he comes back. Whether or not that accrues for service time is completely unclear. This thing is headed to court. It's going to happen because Lev Bell certainly is going to show up. The people saying he's not going to come back at all this year, I don't think they're willing to do that dance because, just so you're clear, if he doesn't come back and doesn't accrue a year of service, he's eligible to be franchise tagged again next year, and we'll do this dance all over. And the Roonies are not a family I'd be fooling with. First of all, they'll go Jim Calhoun on you and have your knees broken. If you think the Roonies aren't old school, that's that Irish mafia. Absolutely. They made all their money in Greyhound Bay. Right. <laughs> That's just for real. I don't and I take it back. Don't don't come break my knees, Rooney family. But no, the Rooneys are not gonna back down. This is a proud family. They know how to do this and they are not gonna be run by Lev Bell. Well how many how many weeks does he have to play? Six? He has to play six weeks. He has so to be he active has to six come weeks. back this week if they're gonna slap that two week. And that may be what the plan is. Maybe his agents got it determined. I'm not having any confidence at all that he is because his agents made a mess of this in the first place, playing chicken with the Steelers. This was predictable. You know, I'm a Steeler hater at my core. But the Steelers, when it comes to personnel, there's a couple things. First of all, you ain't going to run them. That's not going to happen. But they don't make very many mistakes personnel-wise. And John and Connor has proven them right. I'm going to tell you that the most underrated aspect of Lev Bell's game throughout his tenure in four injury-riddled seasons is Ben Roethlisberger. Having a quarterback of that magnitude that's that cerebral, regardless of what you think about Ben Roethlisberger, getting them in and out of good plays has been critical. And Lev Bell has been the recipient of being in a beautiful situation. He's playing alongside the best receiver in football, with a Hall of Fame quarterback behind a very good offensive line for a play caller and head coach who both are like, let it all hang out. 
Connor stepped in. Connor's having a better year than LaBelle has ever had in his career. It's not by mistake that this is happening. And every time Connor goes up there and rings out, uh, rings up another 100-yard game, Lev Bell's value in the eyes of the rest of the league slips a little bit. Here's the, I got I'm just going to say this, Gary, and you can get as mad as you want to. I would love for you to chime in after I say this. <laughs> Lev Bell wants Todd Gurley money. Lev Bell isn't in Todd Gurley's class. Okay, um, he's in Todd Gurley's class. The problem is when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense, he's the third name you say. Therefore, that's why the justification with the money and then all of his off-field issues and the injuries. And then when you look from the team's perspective, winning-wise, the winning percentage is actually better with Le'Veon Bell off the field. The offensive production overall is better with Le'Veon Bell off of the field. And why is he, that? Because he demands 20-plus touches. That's right. Regardless of the conditions, regardless of the situations, regardless of how long he's been sitting out, he's the type of guy that wants 20 or 25 touches. And it's bizarre now that his justification for not coming back is, well, I, I had 400-plus touches last year because you command the football. I've got a question for you. Sure. How often does a running back leave teams and still perform at the same level as his previous team? Never. 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 Shelf life. It's rare with a wide receiver. With a running back, it's, it's almost, it's almost never. A, almost never. And you've got an excellent line at Pittsburgh. You That's get traded why. to who knows where, and then all of a sudden you're getting crushed and your production is down, and then you look like a bust. That's there are a number it? of teams, and I'm going to say this and I mean it. There are a number of places that Lev Bell could wind up next year and not be a 1,000-yard rusher. Right. If he goes to a team that employs a different blocking scheme than Pittsburgh does, that stand and dance, be patient, stand and dance is not going to work. If he goes to a team that's playing one-cut football like the Broncos, think about Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis was the same guy in reverse. Terrell Davis was the best one-gap runner that the league has ever seen for about a four-year period. Love Bell is the exact opposite of that. If you go into a system where you've got to hit that hole hard and be gone, Love Bell has never shown that he can do that. So you're taking at least half of the teams off of the board. The second thing, like I said, the, the impact of Roethlisberger on this guy is underrated. The team that keeps getting thrown out there as a possible landing spot for Lev Bell is the Jets. You put him in there with a second-year quarterback next year in Sam Darnold, who knows what Sam Darnold's ability to get him out of bad plays is. The number one receiver in New York is who? Quincy Anunwa? He's hurt. Come on, man. Uh, my point is, you've got Anunwa and Robbie Anderson. Dude, you would be missing... Antonio Brown really quickly. And then you go back in history and you look at these other receivers that have been in that Pittsburgh system. I'm not trying to heap too much praise on Pittsburgh, and I'm not saying that Lev Bell is garbage. I stand by my statement, though. When you talk about that offense in L.A., the conversation starts with Todd Gurley. Absolutely. When you talk about Pittsburgh, Lev Bell is third on the list at best. This guy might be disappointed by what the market's going to yield for him, right. but... It only takes one team. He doesn't need to get 31 big offers. He only needs one team that's willing to throw all that cash out there. there. There's always some team that's desperate enough to pay the big bucks. But, again, his production declines. A year or two from now, you don't even hear his name anymore. And all of a sudden, like, what happened to Lev Bell? And then he's out of the league and you didn't even know. Right? And as a Stiller fan, 
Um, it amazes me for him to take the position that he took, and then now he states that he doesn't want to be traded. He wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. He wants to play football. You think that has anything to do with their first place in their division? Oh, absolutely. Well, there you go. And even if he comes back, I think from the Steelers' perspective, even if he does play um, this year and play the six games out, it's all a bonus. He has to prove himself in order to get picked up next year by a team okay. to get top dollar. I, I got you, but I'm going to make a couple of observations here. First and foremost, Pittsburgh is one of the top five offenses in football right now. That's indisputable. That's with Connor doing his thing. So bringing Lev Bell back in there on paper, well, this is added value. We can put him in the slot. We can spell Connor. We can do these things, but you're disrupting the chemistry. Plus, you got an offensive line that may not real be keen on dealing with this nonsense. The second piece of this is, is everybody's forgotten. We've played this game with Lev Bell before. Last year, when he came back after holding out for all of camp and showed up a couple days before, Terrible. he was horrible for a month. Not just bad. He was really, really bad for four weeks. Having sat all of this time, he's not going to step in and be Lev Bell that we're accustomed to seeing on highlight reels week in and week out. I think he might have put himself in a worse situation. And where he's going to make up this, at this point, what is it, $9 million that he's given up at this point, $7 million? Dude, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to him, maybe not. I'm not in the business of counting another man's money. Who's uh, better, Marshawn Lynch or Le'Veon Bell? I take Le'Veon Bell every day. Over yeah, Lynch. absolutely. Okay. At so this point what's, in particular. What's the difference? Marshawn Lynch was better with the Seahawks than he was with the Buffalo Bills. Oh, he was. And he absolutely. left after three years, okay? Yes. Le'Veon Bell is basically leaving after three years. So he gets Four into years, the right okay. system. And he can he is still a lot better of a talent than Marshawn Lynch. Okay, but here's the so first he question. He can to still ask, perform though. as a running back. All these other running backs got traded way after their prime. But, yes and no. So but then the second point on that is that okay, I forgot the second point. Well, what okay, was the, here's what the, was the, the running backs in Dallas? He got traded to the Eagles few years back. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray. What's he DeMarco was killing Murray the league. Doing? And he goes to Philly and he's out of the league in two years. It's and he was at the in his prime. Different no he wasn't. He, he wasn't was. in his prime. He, he, he was left he up. led the league in Russia. Used up. He was only uh, DeMarco Murray's not thirty yet. But but to answer your Neither question. Bell. But to answer your question, Marshawn Lynch and Buffalo, what did Buffalo have? They had no offensive line. They had no E. J. Manuel? Buffalo Banks. They have Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> but they had nothing. And then they go. Then he goes to the Seahawks. He plays with Russell Wilson. He plays with a dominant offensive line. He plays with a dominant defense. Of course, production is going to go up. Le'Veon Bell leaves the Pittsburgh Steelers. No top ten team in the NFL is fighting to grab him. What He's team? Going I bottom of the I think they will. Wait, Trent, here's the question. I think they will. What team? When you're talking about a good team already. That normally comes with a high-priced quarterback. What team? You know what one team would be? Who? And they're not a good team Talk right now? Me. Detroit Lions. They can have them. Detroit. Now, <laughs> Tyrion Johnson. Here's the problem you have. Detroit already has Stafford, who up until a couple months ago was the highest-played player in football. They have Marvin Jones. I haven't seen his restructured deal, but it's an He's expensive deal. Now, yeah. 
Maybe Lev Bell going back home to Michigan. Remember, he's a Michigan State guy. Maybe going to Detroit. He finally gives them a runner. They haven't had a, a decent runner. So who runner says back he doesn't take Sanders? a bridge deal and works one year to prove himself and then get the bigger contract? What? Yeah. After what you he just well, left fourteen million dollars on the table to not do that. Why not? He ain't taking a one year deal. His whole thing is, I want a big stack of guaranteed long term money. He is only going someplace that's willing to do that. Detroit could actually could actually be one place where he could go in and be the difference. Maybe he's the guy that can propel Stafford to the next level. Philadelphia. Philly doesn't have anywhere near the money to do that. They've got to pay Why? they've got to pay Wentz two years Not from yet. now. Brother, two years. Wentz is in they year can, three. They can still okay. They can pay Wentz in two years and have Lev Bell for two more years. This, sign him to a four year deal with it back ended higher up in the first two years. They've got to prorate the signing bonus. All that guaranteed money's got to be prorated. There's no way they make a move for him. So then how does it's the same thing. The Pittsburgh can't afford him then either, and they won't. Pittsburgh can only they can't afford, afford Antonio because, Brown and no, Ben Roethlisberger with your wait, theory. Oh, the only reason that Pittsburgh can do this is with what Pittsburgh has done with Ben's deal year after year after year. When Ben Roethlisberger punches out and retires, they're screwed cap-wise. They have they've continually pushed money into the future on his deal. How many times has Roethlisberger's deal been run, redone? I think about two or three times. This he has two hundred million dollars. The Indianapolis deals. Colts. Two. Indianapolis Colts. Colts are one of the teams that's been talked about. Maybe Andrew Luck's been knocked down three times. Their offensive line is actually a lot better than what they were. But every, Bell. every team you're naming right now is not a playoff contender. So he and maybe go. if you add Bell to a team like Detroit or to Indianapolis, that's two. And like I said, it only takes one. I Honestly, now that I think about it, Detroit may be the fit for him. Detroit, on Johnson's their number one right now? I mean, and that's not a knock against him, but you put Lev Bell in that offense with Jones, Galladay, Stafford, and Lev Bell, maybe, you can, maybe that's the perfect place. Money-wise, I'd have to peel it back and see what they're looking at and see if they've got enough space there. Getting rid of Golden Tate, maybe that's part of the formula. I don't know. My thing is, as Le'Veon Bell, why not come back so you can get traded? Because if he hurts himself, it's done. He can I mean, Pittsburgh, there's no guarantee that Pittsburgh was going to deal him. If he brings him out there, and you know this better than anybody, Le'Veon Bell has a significant injury history. Yeah, and come back and be horrible for a month, and you're That's the other piece of it, too, money. is at this Nobody's point, gonna pay him. he knows how bad he was for that first month last season. Maybe his thing is, you know what, this year's a wash. I'm not going to come back for six weeks. Connor's out there doing his thing. I'm done, and I'm just going to go out there in free agency, let Pittsburgh do what they do, and hope that they don't force the issue again and play this franchise tag game. I can't imagine that Pittsburgh's got the stones to do this again. You know, as much as they don't want to be run by a player, they've got nothing out of him except that he's eaten $14 million with cap space. Can't imagine that they want to do this again. I wouldn't think so. I think they need to part ways because I think his fill-in has done more than an adequate job. Less money, less headache, no injuries. Robert Bricky, you know how they say pigeons have Chris a magnet in their head? And Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit.
Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Yeah, like I was saying, headed in the break, you know, pigeons supposedly have that magnet in their brain that allows them to fly in a particular direction. Right. Ricky's got that same thing. He like hit his he watch. booted me out of the studio. I know. I know. No, and like I sat exactly. down in the break game. You know what's he, funny? As a coach, you you can <laughs> time things in your mind. It's weird. You have a running clock all the time. And I don't even think about it now because I, I can – I watch a game. I was like, yeah, they should be down about seven seconds on the shot clock. It just – you just it's just a custom. Yeah, these segments run. I don't even know what are they twelve and a half minutes, but yeah, you knew without looking, and we're like Trent, go handle your business. And as well, he got, we've up spent the, you know seven hours doing a two hour show so many times with <laughs> we've him. We've done that before. That he's like, dude, I'm not sticking I'm not around for seven about hours. This. No. Yes, I got World Series baseball to watch. Oh wait, the ah. World Series is over. So here's the thing, Trent. Yo. Am I the only one? who was not interested in this World Series because I knew it was over before it started. And I mean that. I'm not – I really just could not get excited about it. Well, I wasn't excited about it, but I was hoping for seven games just for the drama. And I don't like the Dodgers at all. And I would rather – I mean, the Friday game was interesting where you could leave work, drive 40 minutes home, get home, sit down, get something to eat, watch more baseball, then go to bed at 4.30 in the morning when the game's <laughs> over. I mean, that was a – playing a doubleheader in the World Series is Has pretty rare. Has there ever been a more important event in American sports that nobody east of the Mississippi saw happen? I mean, seriously. It, dude, I was having this conversation. You know Brandon had fun Cup? with that. He's like 3.30 in the morning, seriously. Dude, and I told him, you know what? I, dude, he said, I, I, you know how big a Reds fan I am. If the Reds had been – no, I wouldn't have. 3.30 in the morning. Oh, no, you would no. have been up. I don't You're know a I liar. You would have gotten a nap. You are a liar. Game four – in the World Series or Game Three, Game three. in the World Series, and the Reds I went eighteen or nineteen. I, know, I would have. You are lying. Plus, I, it's going a Friday night into a Saturday. That's true. Come on, that's true. Come but on. but I do have to qualify that by saying that is the only team in Major League Baseball I would have done that for. The the chances of me staying up to watch that that Red Sox Dodgers game were zero. By the time I got home, I was tied up doing high school football. I knew that that game was still on, and I just couldn't bear it. I'm like, I'm sported out. I get that it's America's pastime. I'm just not fooling with it. And then I wake up the next morning, and they're like, at 3.30 a.m., Muncie hits a home run. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It was 4.30. I went to bed at 3.30. America's pastime has 
past its time. It really is, man. And here's the thing. I have come to the realization over this weekend that baseball, it's done. We are on the decline from this point forward if we hadn't already started. And the reason for that is the ratings are starting to come back. This was two of the four biggest markets in the country involved in this World Series, and the ratings are in the tank. And you're talking about people having, you know, that were watching, you know, Arizona State, USC, and watching, you know, week two basketball in the NBA over the World Series. That's put part a, of put the a problem. They're done. There's a mashup of sports going on, and you put your biggest event in the middle of college, yeah. pro, and NBA ba- football, and then NBA basketball. Well, without regard, too many options. Without regard for anything else that's going on, too. Because Saturday? Are you kidding me? Come on, man. That's college football day. Yeah. You're that not going to win any more baseball. That, yeah. I get so, the get-offline okay. long crew who are like, baseball! No, dog. No, no. So... Do you move begin your cut your season so that your series ends before basketball season and before you get all right? Here's the World Series used to end in the beginning of October. That's where we got Mister October. It It never went into November, but the last what seven eight years? Yeah. So so there's a couple things here at play, and I'm going to tell you what the solution for baseball is if they really want to do this. First of all, old heads that are baseball fans like Trent and I, you cannot come off of 162 games. You have to play 162, period. Let me tell you part of the problem, though. Remember growing up, how many doubleheaders did Mets play annually? Seven, eight, ten? Get back to playing doubleheaders. You could condense the season by a month. If you played played eight or nine, ten doubleheaders, it's freaking baseball. Guys can play 18 innings of baseball, no problem. Right. It doesn't cut into your TV revenues because you've got just as many games available for television. The The old trick, people know this, you clear the stadium between games of the, of the doubleheaders anyway, so it doesn't harm your revenues. Shorten the doggone season. Get done in October before college football matters. Right. That's the problem. There, We're into the heart of conference play. We're not giving up to watch baseball when the games matter in college football. Used to be they were up against Alabama versus Bethune-Cookman. Nobody cared. Right. If you put it in a time where it's the main option, then I might have watched. Right. But when I've got options, no. I don't care if it's a bad football or basketball. It could be the Hawks and Trey Young playing. Brother, they could get done before the NBA starts like they used to. Because there used to be a gap. That used to be a dead zone in sports right. almost. They could get done before the NBA starts, get done before college baseball matters, and manipulate the schedule where it's relevant. These guys are playing baseball. Go back to playing doubleheaders, condense that season so that you're finishing up in October, at the beginning of October, before anything else matters, and you've got that spot. Maybe that would bring back some relevancy. The other thing, too, is that the calendar with the season, it's not even 162 games that's the issue. The season goes on for almost 10 months. That's too long to pay attention. You can't right. start your season as it stops snowing and end it when it starts again. That right. It doesn't make April any sense. April to November And is really, ridiculous. you're talking about the tail end of March anymore with where they like to start the season all the way into November. Come on, man. Can I can I ask a question? Uh, sure. I'm not the expert uh, with baseball, but I did work for the Pirates for a few years in the front office. Um, what about the marketing scheme? 
overall with television advertisements and everything this year for the World Series seem like a complete drop off from three years ago. I look the marketing baseball's got a marketing issue in the first place. With the restrictions they have on uniforms, with individual baseball likes to sell itself as a product and has forgotten how to sell its stars. You look back. Now, you haven't been here for this conversation, but I knew that you worked for the Pirates. In fact, here's a cool fun fact about Gary Bush. Gary is probably the only person alive who worked for the Penguins, the Steelers, and the Pirates. Now, that's either real impressive or says you can't <laughs> hold a job. Yeah, I'm one of the two. Internships. I, I got you, man. But it is a cool it is a cool thing. And and the first time I met him, he like opened with that. Hey, I'm Gary Bush. I work for the Penguins, for the Penguins, Steelers, and Pirates Tell all there. No. That's but cool. That is really cool. It is cool. Yeah. But here's my thing with baseball, and I want you to 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 think about this for a second. The problem is, is that we have conditioned a generation of quote unquote baseball fans. They have become deep fans of their own team only. I can talk to you about the guys playing single A baseball for the Cincinnati Reds. I couldn't tell you the starting lineup for the Red Sox or the Dodgers who just got done playing in the World Series. Trick can do the same thing with the New York Mets. I've got a friend right across the street that can do it with the Braves. We don't know nor care at that level about the other teams. Baseball hasn't figured out how to deliver us those games in a format that makes sense where I have complete access to my team. You're not going to get me to care about the Red Sox or the Dodgers. I don't. Call me when the Reds make the World Series. Can I ask a question, though? Why do you think that transition in NBA and NFL is like that? I think a lot of it with the NFL is because of fantasy football. is taking flight where you have to pay attention to all of the other teams. It is. And where fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball, there is one simple reason they haven't taken off like fantasy football. We don't have time. Football, I'm working with one event once a week. With baseball, it's not even about who has the best squad. It's about who can figure out who's playing four games that week and who's playing three. Same with basketball. I don't have time for that. Let me go in there based on what I think I know, put my lineup together, make a couple of deals, waiver wire claim, and I'm out the door. I don't have time to update and roster every day. And I don't have any, I don't have any joy in playing weekly. And this is from a guy. I played fantasy baseball back when it was rotisserie baseball, and we did it by mail. When I was a sophomore in high school, I legit was playing through the mail rotisserie baseball. It was everything to me. But that's the problem, is that folks that have real jobs, with the exception of Trent Nichols, who plays fantasy basketball, football, (laughs) hockey, ping pong, and everything else. No, no basketball. You don't play basketball, but you do play baseball. Baseball, and I have two hockey teams that I'm currently managing. And I will say that my one of my hockey teams is probably my most prized possession that I have. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, he plays a hockey team that is like deep, like you the, go all the way down. I have all the 15 minor, leagues minor leaguers. Yeah, and I play against 13 Canadians. We used yeah. to have a European, and it's insane. It's the hardest thing that I've ever been. I was going to say you're playing 13 Canadians. You're in last place. Uh, no, I'm all right. I've made some. I've gotten. Yeah, I've gotten messed up on some trades because I'm not as smart as them. Well, which here's have the thing, me. But right now, it's I, had, I was just looking Canada. at my lineup because I, right now I love. There's nothing more. I spend an hour and a half, two hours every single day. You're a nerd on hockey. Yeah, studying. You're a nerd. See you on the other side of the break.
You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. So Dave Kaplan and I did uh, high school football yesterday. We had a game that was was uh, pushed back because of the storm. And I hit him up and I was like, coming in, do the show with us? You all know that Kaplan, first of all, had two reasons why not. First he used of all, up his one night out. Yes. Ah. That's exactly what I was going to say. The other thing, but the, the excuse he tried, well, there's no golf going on. <laughs> he thinks we only like him because he knows golf. Right. He's wrong. Yeah, the real reason is he had one shit to turn in for the week, and yeah, that was it. So we had a good time, though, man. Cap and I, Cap and I, go way back doing play-by-play uh, for high school football. We actually, I've got more games under my belt with him than anybody else. It's a lot of fun. I miss doing them with Kaplan on the regular. No offense to anybody <laughs> at the assembled group taker. And I'm going to tell you, Brick, I, I almost called you the other day, and I was like, man, it's short notice. I don't know if I can get him out of here. I don't want to do that to him. But uh, you, you want to come out and do a football game once? Is there a loco involved? No. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we can get the post-game loco going on, man. Um, with no loco tonight because uh, Mr. Bush got to drive back to Durham and uh, do his thing. But um, I don't know what we were talking about. I completely lost my train of thought. Start, uh, talk about oh, fantasy. Yours. Yeah, we were talking about fantasy. That fantasy football, that's the reason, is because the working Joe got time to run a team or two, do his thing. Once a week, he's got to really close, pay close attention. Now, guy like me, I'm a nerd. I love stats. I love that. If I could find the right group of guys to get into a deep MLB league like that and have you know all the way down through the farm system, that might be something I'd be into. But I don't expect most people would. Most people would have something colorful to say to me about things they'd rather do than that. All right? So that's just one thing. Now, there are some new football operations coming down the pipeline. The Alliance of American Football. You guys seen this? In Birmingham, Alabama. Is Birmingham is one of the squads. Birmingham still actually. These cats <laughs> have brought in the A-team of coaches for these teams. And players. 
a lot of the um, a lot of the guys that's not in the league now is actually going to be playing on some of these rosters. Yeah, and now here's the thing: is you know the XFL had been announced, right? Well, this is the NFL in cahoots with this league trying to head that XFL nonsense off at the at the pass. Mm-hmm. But included in the coaches for these teams, Dennis Erickson, Mike Martz, Rick Neuheisel, Mike Singletary, uh, Steve Spurrier. These guys ain't playing. Michael Vick is actually the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta franchise. Yeah. This high powered. But here's why I bring this up. This is the crazy part of this. Brandon Atkins sat in that seat a month ago and was like, get kickers out of the game. Kickers suck. The Alliance of American Football, no kickoffs. Hmm. No extra points. As of right now, they're going to continue to kick field goals, but they, in fact, some of the guys that are involved with this league said they are on the record saying they would only be involved with it if they eliminated the kickoffs because of the danger involved. Right. Now, here's the thing. is The question has always been, well, if you don't have the kickoff, how do you do an onside kick? They've cracked the code, and I love, love, love the idea. So here's the situation. You score, the opponent gets the ball at the 25-yard line headed first and 10. You have an option, though. Instead of giving the opponent, your opponent, the ball at the 25, you can take the ball at your own 35, fourth and 10. Oh, wow. So instead of trying to convert an onside kick, you have to convert fourth and 10 or the ball's turned over going the other way. I think it's a genius idea. I like it. I like it a lot. And you think about it. An onside kick, man, what's your likelihood of recovering? It's like seven and a half, eight percent. It's a little bit lower than Hugh Jackson's winning percentage at Cleveland. <laughs> and it's funny because I've been saying all day I was going to come up with a list of things less likely to happen than Hugh Jackson's winning percentage. Mm-hmm. I found one. It's an onside kick. Nobody converts. And it's a dangerous play. In fact, they've manipulated the rules. Remember, they used to line up ten guys on one side of the yeah. ball. They stopped that because of the collisions. So the likelihood of recovering one of those when it's being defended is next to nothing. Take the ball at the 35. Now all of a sudden, if my team's down three scores in the fourth quarter, we got a legit shot at the offense's rolling. Can you imagine what kind of – Brady, oh, my God. He'd be dangerous literally until the final gun. You know what I mean? That could be really exciting. I am all about seeing how this works out. My question is – is you've devalued the kicker because you've removed the kickoff and you've removed the extra point. Now you basically have a field goal specialist. That's kind of interesting to me, kind of wild. Do you think you – st- you mentioned that they were in cahoots with the NFL. Do the NFL think- has given them the endorsement. Okay. But do you think the NFL wants to see yes. some of these changes Absolutely. in live game action before they implement them? They do. And let me tell league. you something, Rick. That's let a me, great point. My wife and I had this conversation. The problem with kickoffs is not at the NFL level. You have all all 22, well, 21 of the 22 guys on the field at that time are world-class athletes. Your kicker just needs to get out of the way. But these guys are running down, and there are big-time collisions. The problem with kickoffs is not in the NFL. The problem is in college when you have a small school receiving a kickoff from Alabama and you have these 240-pound guys running down the field about to collide with these undersized overmatch kids, and even worse, when you get down to high school and pop Warner ball. I Back in when I played ball is, as a kid and in high school, kick, please put me on kickoff return team because I'm going to kill somebody. 
That was when you knew you were going to get guys flying down the field with their head turned, and I'm going to try to knock this guy's helmet off if I can get him hard enough. That is where the sport really, really needs to clean it up because you see it. And who plays on the kickoff and kickoff return teams? That's where you get the kids in who don't necessarily get to play all the time. And you've got a handful of your stars out there. And you've got the kid running down in a high school game that's 140 pounds. And I get a shot at him. He's done. Take it out of the game. At this point, we've transcended it. Get it out of the game. In the NFL now, at this point, the NFL sort of drives these rule changes. With some teams, you're not getting any opportunities to return the ball anymore anyway. Because some of these big leg kickers, you watch them, it's a touchback every single time. So if if it's a part of the game that's basically been eliminated already and it really hasn't screwed up stats, hasn't really had any impact, get rid of it. Punt returns are a whole lot more fun to watch anyway. You know what I'm saying? I right. think... I think, Chris, you made a lot of solid points. That's what I do, you, baby. But you're going to have these football guys deep-rooted that says that's part of the game. You well, can't take you special teams away. And I think the justification of the NFL moving up um, from where the kickoff is so you have a lot more touchbacks, I think that was commendable. Um the NFL is starting to become pretty proactive like the NBA has in the past with rules and things. So I'm interested to see, like you said, they sponsored this new league and um, these new implementations of yeah. rules because I was unaware of that, but I was aware of these new teams coming in with the head coaches yeah. and a lot of these NFL players uh, sponsoring the league. And I don't know whether they're kind of bells and whistles or new things they're going to try, but that is something they're leading with. And I'm sure the NFL is like, let us check and see out. I don't like the fact that they're removing the extra point. I think that the strategy as to whether to go for one, whether to go for two, is part of the excitement. If you have to go for two, you're removing that element from the game. I I, I like the, ten, the, the, tension, the tension that's associated with it. The other thing, too, is how much more interesting is the NF now on extra points now that they're not a gimme? I mean, you're seeing games decided by what used to be an automatic point. You didn't even think about it. If you asked the layman, how much is a touchdown worth? Seven points. No, touchdown's never been worth seven points. (laughs) But that extra point was a gimme. And now, on a weekly basis, you're seeing these things being missed. I like it. I do, too. I like it a lot. And it's not a player safety issue. What's that? It's an exciting play. Justin Tucker? When he misses. Did you see his face, man? You know it's an exciting (laughs) play. Did you see his face when he missed that kick? That was it. Like the world had crumbled. Oh, he my God. Not, he was shocked. He was. But I like it. And the other thing is, too, that's just fooling with rules to be fooling with them. Because there is no player safety issue with a, with a field goal just or trying a, to make it an extra point. And I don't know that I like it. And think back. A lot of folk, Gary, you may be too young to remember this. Two-point conversion in the NFL is new. Did you know that? No, not at all. The NFL, when we grew up, you couldn't go for two. It was kick no, the was extra point college. or not. Only college, right? Yeah. Yep. And the NFL was resistant for years and years and years, and it's probably been, I'd have to look it up, probably 15, years, 15 17 Maybe. years sounds right when they put the two-point conversion in for the first time. Well, you know um, what? What's up? I think if you make some drastic rule changes and the purists don't hey, like it. Be careful with your Baseball, product. football, I, they'll adjust. People will adjust because they love the sport. And I know they don't want to see because I grew up and that's the way I yada yada yada. I know, but people will adjust. You shorten the baseball season, you'll get 
you'll get a lot of the, uh, it's not the even problem. shortening it it's going back to yeah. the way it's supposed to the be problem no no you cut games you cut 20 games no, out of no, 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 you cannot <laughs> people will adjust you cannot do that is yeah. sacred just and here's the reason you're a purist that's sacred I'm okay I'm, I don't like some things that they've done over the years I don't like the free pass to first base just right. point and you go I hate replay those I can deal with when you the problem with baseball is baseball is the one sport in our whole lives where the numbers are static. You can compare from era to era to era performance. 1994. 94. 24 years ago. That was a lot longer than I thought. I know, right? We are old. Ooh, 24 so. years ago, but man, see, that they put the two. You're the purist. No, but there's nothing left. There are no fans okay. left but purists. Okay. And we talked about this. Baseball season is so long that you just don't care. Like, you know, you can. Oh, it started three weeks ago. I'll start watching in a two or three weeks. You know, you don't I even can, care about the first fifty games. I got you, but you can say the that records the that are the there NFL. in baseball, True. the records that are there in baseball, are sacred. You cannot go off of one sixty-two. The only the as far as you could possibly justify it would be to roll to one fifty-four. Because that's what it was before they went to 162 in probably the late 60s. You cannot go shortened by 20 games. That that the numbers go away at that point and they're meaningless. And baseball, more than any other sport, its numbers are sacred. You can the think about something. If you reduce the season by 20 20 games, your 3,000 hit club. Now your guys over the course of eight years are losing an entire season. You cannot do it. You can, it would, and I'm telling you, purists, they would draw the line there. Now, you want to start playing double headers? Play 10 of them. Uh, and I mean it. You condense that calendar and start playing and go back to playing six games a week instead of the five that they're stretching it out into now. You'll get people back. You just can't dominate the calendar from March right. to November. It's just an impossibility. And you're right. 162 games, it's always been that way. There's a malaise. The dog days of summer, you're yeah. going through it. Unless your team's in contention, you know, hey, if that's what it is. But you cannot stretch the way they're stretching now into you're meaningful right. football and, and being up against basketball. And like Trent said, I think even with the NBA, it's still too many games. It is. like, But the one thing I do like about the NBA you can come across great matchups. Yes, every in the course of those games day. that you don't care about every day. Yeah, so I can watch you know eight or ten teams, and I'm interested enough to watch individual players or teams, and so I can watch two or three games a week early in the season because I want to see matchups. Well, that's driven by the networks, and hopefully. They do a better job of it than they did last year, just as far back as last year. Because basically, ESPN with Trey Young. If you basically were not a Laker fan last year, Lakers, Sixers, Golden State, and Cavs, you were out of luck. Right. Because as often as not, that was a team that was involved in the matchup. And heaven forbid one of those two teams plays each other. That was just how it was going to go down. I want to see the Bucks. I want, I want to see, see the T-Wolves. I want to see Denver. I'm going to tell you right now, Giannis, brother. He's killing. Open the season with four consecutive 25-point, 15-rebound games. First time in 53 years that it happened. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. 
I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright, welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Appreciate you listening. I will be on hand at Libations on Chatham Street in downtown Sanford Thursday at 6.30. Just like I am every Thursday, 6.30. Um, we need a category. A category, Trent. What do you got? You don't know? Mm-mm. How about uh, infamous sports trades? Yes. In honor of the NFL deadline, that's what it's going to be. Infamous, infamous sports trades. So you know Herschel Walker is going to be in there. Not famous. Not famous. Infamous. infamous. Yeah, infamous. Infamous sports trades. There we go. I like that. What are you going to complain with? You ain't never been out there, have you? You know, I, I have yet to get an invitation. I, Except I, that I you tend not to overstep my bounds. Whatever, dude. Not been invited to your house. Not been invited to Lord Buffalo Wild Wings. Not Whoa, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, don't make me bust out the tape. This, I this invited is you and you ditched get, me for some he's trying to get, restaurant I, or no, whatever it was. He's trying to get the sympathy vote. What are you then, talking about, man? And then I banned you because you, you ditched me. Him. No, you know what? So you, you misinterpreted that, Trent. I was coming to town. By the time you contacted me, it already I was already. No, 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 no! <laughs> Look at the text stream. You said any good places to eat in he Sanford. Did say that. I said Buffalo Wild Wings, and then Brandon steps up. Oh, you should head over to. Oh, go over there and eat. No, what he so said. Hey, you should go to La Dolce. Yeah. You know where you should eat. Come on, with dude. He is sensitive about that. I take mine back because he's gonna be swole when he hears that. He won't. He hear doesn't me. like that, man. But no, you have a standing invite. You come. You don't even have to be invited. You just tell me. But see, I don't. Why you're out the door? And I'm Robert, not, I, you don't even have to bring your wallet into dude. my restaurant. I take care of you. Okay. But all right, that's see, all right. I'm, I'm yeah, coming yeah. spend a couple of days in Sanford. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm feeling the yeah. love. Yeah. Spare bedroom, dude. You just move in. I was a little yeah. sensitive about that, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> More like, felt like that was car. more sensitive than Brandon's gonna do when he hears me doing the "Hey, I'm Brandon Atkins" voice. He doesn't like that a bit. Man, I miss that dude. Come on, Brandon, you got to be back in here. That's right. Um, so we got the category out of the way. We're gonna do infamous sports trades. Yes, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, basketball, NBA type one each. We got a week before we get into the college season. I want to talk about the NBA. The East, we kind of anointed Boston, so it's going to be Boston Golden State in the right. finals. Boston, dude, mm. I don't think anybody anticipated Kyrie Irving was going to lose 30 pounds in the offseason. Does this dude look emaciated or what? I think he turned into Uncle Drew. <laughs> <laughs> With full-on osteoporosis. <laughs> I don't know what. Dude, this is not the Kyrie Irving yeah. we, st- we signed up for. Even- you think he's regretting not taking that deal they offered last year? He's got time to play his he, way he out. He certainly of, does, but, but it ain't looking good. He doesn't look like the same dude. No. Like, 
Kyrie's exciting. He 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 gets you with misdirection and great ball handling and and got great moves. Can finish right hand, left hand floaters, runners. And I've seen none of that. None. It's none. been six games after I, he had major knee surgery. I wasn't major. Look, look, I had knee surgery this morning. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, come on. Ain't now. nobody All asking you to put a crossover on that's anybody. Right. They played five minutes. Last year with this starting lineup, they are four and two, Trent. figuring out how to play with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. I'm not, I'm Don't not be saying, "Oh, says the Celtics." No, 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 one hundred percent. Boston's Boston's going to be in the finals against Golden State. One hundred percent. One. I felt a wager coming on. Shoot, I'll take I'll take Milwaukee. Come. I'm taking Milwaukee. Yo, I was on the Giannis train last year Joke. and told you that before it's all said and done. Giannis was going to play for an NBA championship. I think this is the year. And he may if he has NBA 2K or whatever. Why uh, not Toronto? I hear you. I think Milwaukee's headed. Now, Toronto ain't in the mix. Why? Toronto's a pretender. Uh, why? I just, I, I'm, I'm yeah, not sold. The, the Kyle Lowry, as long as Kyle Lowry's a point guard in Toronto, they're not making the finals. But I, I said why. Well, as long as Kyle Lowry is the point guard the for the Toronto team Raptors. in the history of the universe, the Milwaukee Bucks. And not the greatest team in the history. Here's, here's my rationale, Trent. I honestly believe that Giannis is going to play for a, a world championship. I think this is the year. Is he better than AD? Nope. Yes. Oh, wow. I'll take Giannis over anybody in the NBA right now if I'm starting a franchise because of his age. Yes, I'll take him over anybody. But here is what I'm telling you. I honestly believe that the infrastructure that's been built in Boston, there is a dynasty waiting. If Giannis doesn't get past them this year, that may not be a task anybody's up to in the next couple. I'm not worried about Kyrie playing good. I'm not worried about Boston. Boston's going to be relevant. My issue, I don't recognize physically Kyrie right now. He looks to me to be about 25 or 30 pounds lighter than he has been. He's not explosive. Will it come back? I don't know. I hope it does. I love Kyrie. He's spending too much time on the Indian reservation. <laughs> What's his name? Running Coyote or something? Dude, Giannis Smoking and Milwaukee <laughs> couldn't beat Boston's second team last year in the playoffs. I'm, I'm they ain't going to do it. They haven't made any moves to change. So, yeah, I have me, no faith in I'll Milwaukee. I'll give you all the money in the world. You give me Brad Stevens, and you're Giannis the Greek freak. I would like you, gentlemen. 40, and he will not beat the Boston Celtics. I would like you guys to take a look. Last year, first of all, addition by subtraction. Getting Jabari Parker out of there. Parker was unreliable, couldn't stay healthy. Middleton was hurt for stretches last year. This team is coming into its own. Who it's are a, these guys? Who are they? Boston <laughs> and Boston was fully healthy last year. I'm yes. telling you. You remember? I'm taking Milwaukee. Y'all win. laughed at me because I picked Milwaukee out of the East last year. They laughed at me. See? And they didn't make it, so we were right. Last well, last you were right. You were justified in your laughter. We're laughing at Chris in about seven more months. Maybe I was off by a year. When Milwaukee gets booted in the second round again, I'm just so probably you. Toronto is there the second best team. I'm saying so. You're obviously Still. you're obviously on the Boston train. Robert Bricky, the basketball expert. Please tell me who your Eastern Conference pick is for this year. Seven games in, I know we're like well ahead of schedule here, but who's coming out of the East? I would say Milwaukee again. Ah! I would. Explain. I just don't think Boston's going to get it together. They, they wasn't paying attention to what I was saying. No. I just don't think Boston's going to do it. I'm telling you who's my surprise out of the East. Who's that? It's Detroit. Detroit's all right. And I'm going to tell you why. Because of the coach. 
he's an excellent coach. I know he got coach of the year and got fired, but he couldn't get past uh, Cleveland. But yes. that's that's irrelevant. He is an exceptional coach, and he's one of the few guys where his job matters to the win and loss column. I agree. Ooh, the the is issue, he? the concern that I have, Dwayne with Detroit, uh, Dwayne Casey, Casey. Oh. The concern I always will have with anywhere that he's playing is Blake Griffin's health. Right. Blake is the center of gravity. I really like the three that they have. Drummond, Griffin, Reggie Jackson. Right. They've got some nice role players around them. Is Jackson back to 100% yet? He is. Is he back? The issue with Griffin always going to be is, is health. You know, that dude's had injury after injury. Now, listening to him, he says this is the first offseason that he can remember where he really got to work on his game instead of working on his body because he was always coming off injuries perpetually. Detroit could make it interesting. You remember out of the shoot last year, they were like the number one team in the East for ages and then just kind of fell apart. It's an interesting squad out there. I like that. Who's coming out of the East, Gary? Um, People at home are like, why are y'all talking about the NBA playoffs? It's, yeah, man. It's, it's too, November. I don't have any it faith in November. Boston. I have no really? faith in Toronto, although they are number one or number two in the East. Really? I think they're still missing something. I wish right. you hadn't said that because I was going to say how we get through this conversation. Nobody said Philly. I, I think Philly's still missing something. Two non-shooters. Philly is missing a veteran. They can't shoot. And we, I feel like they're missing a veteran. We ask yeah. all the time. Yeah. We ask right. all the time. You know, what happened with uh, Justice Winslow? Why isn't he a star in the NBA? Because he can't shoot. Can't shoot. We look at these guys that come out of the NBA. They got freakish athleticism. They're able to do things in in college, and they get to the NBA. Can't shoot. This is a shooter's league. You got two modes of players. You right. got shooters, and you got big men. And most of those big men can shoot. Dude, right. and Mr. Vestley man, Stephon Marbury, says LeBron can't shoot. So Well, well – Stephon Marbury is Vaseline, so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. The Lakers don't have any shooters. Well. Philly, Philly got a little bit too cute. So wait, who I you think everybody anticipated. He didn't pick anybody. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Who you got? I, I can't come back to you and you still don't know. I know you're the new guy. We'll catch you some like You think about that while I rail about Ben Simmons for a minute. I think we all thought. That this kid was going to have plenty of time during the offseason. Work on that, Jay. It's not materialized. Night after night, he's getting these triple-doubles, and people are crowing about it. And you look at the box score, no jump shots made. How do you go and play 35 minutes and get a triple-double and not hit a jumper? What did he do all summer? I don't know. He okay, hold on. Back up, no, back up to his first year where he sat out. Why didn't you form shoot the entire season? Dude, Gordon, right? Gordon Hayward was shooting in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like two days after he was hurt. I don't hurt, get it. You know? And I'm not ben trying Simmons to be funny when that? I say this. Maybe it's a failing with Brett Brown. Have you watched Markel Fultz shoot the, mm-hmm. f- the basketball? Oh, my God. It's like he never touched a basketball before. I don't even know what he's trying to accomplish anymore, and it's in his head. They should trade this kid now. He's got no value. Dude. And to, yeah, think, no well, value. to think that that was the hang-up with a possible Kawhi Leonard deal Dude, who would, was nobody watching this kid in the gym? They should have been quick. Oh, you want Markel Fultz? Sure. Ow. Get him. This dude. And in Philly, you're in the wrong city to have a discrepancy in your game like that. They are unforgiving. This kid's head is going to explode off his shoulders it before it's all said. Who was the number two pick his year? Tatum was three. Lonzo Ball. 
Yeah, Bob. Lonzo Ball. Yes. So, he, will, he will never survive in Philly. He no. needs to go hide in like a very small market. Absolutely. A very small market. If he's going to survive in the NBA, like Sacramento. I don't even know where. Sacramento, Indiana. Yeah. That microscope is on. He's in the Bronx chair. I don't even know said, if he can make it yeah. on an NBA roster. He needs to maybe go to. This the is league. no lie. Watching him the other night, I thought. WNBA? <laughs> Dude, he can't even play. We got half an hour left. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll see you on the other side. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Yeah, Markel Fultz is. That injury did him. Oof. Welcome back to the Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. 